0: Thank you. Hola View Spaniards, y muy buenas a todos de nuevo. Hello again and welcome everyone. It has been a while. Reason being technical issues. I must have recorded this podcast at least five times and it's just not been working out for me. So this one is going to be a one taker. No messing. The ruin one. No editing. Stick the theme tunes on. And away we go. It's all yours. So let's see how this works out. So I'm not trying to show off or make anyone feel bad. But part of the reason that there's been a bit of delay in this podcast coming out is because I've just got back from Miss Bacas. Yes, Bacas does mean cows, but it's also the shortened form of Vacaciones, which I'm sure you all know means holidays. And not only does that in itself bring me to the theme of today's episode, colloquial spanish the spanish used by the spanish but being awaited too now this summer we didn't actually make it abroad we went down to the south coast of england to a place called kent and we had a staycation so i guess that pretty much makes it stack rather than back either way it was a really nice break with my family and we got some real quality time together ironically i think that i got more time in spanish with them on holiday this time around in the uk for a handful of days than i normally would going away with them for a week in spain and that's god's honest truth full disclosure of my three children my eldest is the only one that speaks spanish and that is because she spent eight years living in madrid so she has no excuse the other's no bits and pieces but Not very much, and I do feel guilty about that. However, when it comes down to it, I tell people that I couldn't be the dad I wanted to be to them in another language. So the book stops, I'm afraid, with me, but that's why I did what I did and why I haven't spoken to them in Spanish the way I possibly could have done. Now, since doing my playgroup-type stuff, which I've mentioned before, I've learned a lot of nursery rhymes and read a lot of fairy tales, so perhaps I could be closer to the dad in English that I am in Spanish, but before this last year, I didn't know any of that stuff. I mean, why would I? Anyway, I digress. So, when we were out walking, the youngest two started asking me, Daddy, how do you say, whatever it might be, in Spanish? And I would say we were probably walking for a good 30 minutes or so with me as their walking Spanish dictionary. But it was nice. They were showing an interest until we spotted a seal. Like, legit though, a seal swimming wild. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. So I Googled it to see if they actually did exist in the English Channel. And I can confirm that they do. And anyway, then the question was asked by my son. He's the middle one. ¿Cómo se dice? Because I taught them how to say, how do you say Seal en español. And I told him, trying not to make a big fuss of its closeness to another English word, as, well, he's six and loves naughty words. Foca. Yes, foca. After 10 or 15 seconds, I thought I'd gone away with it. And then the next question came. Daddy. I could feel him shaking up and down on my shoulders because I was carrying him. ¿Cómo se dice the F word en español? And then uncontrollable giggling followed. So I said it, joder, joder, indeed. But it's actually a useful word to know, along with coño, two of the more popular choices of curse words in Spanish. And the truth is, you would not want to translate them into English and use them just because you dropped your keys on the floor. Like I heard a granny once do in Spain, walking down the street, dropped her keys. Ah, joder, coño. Because, well, like I said, the F word is joder and actually the C word, yeah, that one, is coño. But it's common in Spain. Its level of intensity doesn't translate equally. Like I said, I heard granny drop the C-bomb just because she dropped the keys. And all this has brought me to today's idea, colloquial Spanish. Now, being a lad, self-proclaimed, obviously, I guess you guys can decide if you think I'm actually a lad or not, I'm hypersensitive to those social cues in terms of friendship. So, you know, words like, you all right, mate? How's it going, mate? What's going on, mate? And English people will often say to me in Spanish, hola, amigo. And it's not wrong, but it is far less common than some of those that I'm about to share with you. By far and away, tío is the most popular. ¿Qué pasa, tío? What's up, mate? Now, for those of you that know bits, you'll recognize that tío actually means uncle. So, yeah, a bit weird, really. Effectively, it's used the way that bro is nowadays in the UK, which has become popular of late. And in the past, a bit more of an Americanism, but cuz, you know, they use the word uncle. All right, so a question for you a bit of back and forth over a one-way form of communication. How cleverly. If tío is uncle, what must the word ant or auntie be? Now, I'll help you out. A word ending in O suggests that it's a masculine word. A word ending in A suggests that it's a feminine word. And these words follow that, that pattern. So if tío is uncle, then tía, yeah, would be aunt. So all those times, your mom or your granny got pissed on tía María and coke. It was literally Auntie Mary that did that. Chaval is another word used, a bit like lad. Tronco is a bit of a rare one, meaning trunk, as in a tree trunk. But that was one that I picked up from uh, from the pijos, sorry. Which brings me on to learning words, is antonym pairs. So an antonym basically means the opposite word to whatever it is that you're using. So in this case, pijo, I learned tronco from the pijos, as we say in England. So los pijos, los macarras. And macarra is one of those words that doesn't go masculine feminine. It just sticks to the A the whole time. Now, if you're trying to locate a friend in Spain, yeah, as you'd have learned on Duolingo and in your textbooks and Babbel and all the rest of them, ¿Dónde estás? You might even have seen ¿Dónde está? If we're talking formal Spanish. And again, both of them are correct. It's not that you've been learning wrong all these years, but ¿Whereabouts do you walk? is just as common. ¿Por dónde andas, tío? ¿Por dónde andas? ¿Whereabouts you walk, mate? <laughs> And I've Darren Browned you. Check out episode 7 for the reference. ¿Qué pasa? That's what I Darren Browned you with. ¿Qué pasa? Meaning, uh, were you paying attention? What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Like a caring person might ask someone looking sad, but also like that famous 90s Budweiser advert. If you know, you know. What's up? And it really does work like in the ad in the same way as it does across the whole of the United States, as I learnt as a young man back in 2005. Apparently to the question, What's up, man? Nothing. Why? Isn't really an appropriate answer. The appropriate answer is actually a reciprocal, What's up? in both English and Spanish. What's up? What's up? ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? In both cases, with a gesticular lift of the chin. Now, other linguistic irregularities, if that's the right term, probably a linguistic irregularity in itself, one might hear la pasta. Dame la pasta, tienes pasta. And it's not always about the spaghetti. Pasta in Spain is the slang term for money. A little bit like we might have, possibly in the past, heard dough as money. You Got any dough? Hmm, curious. Pasta... And dough. When something good happens in England, English, you might hear a get in or get in there. Whereas in Spain, you would quite likely get a toma or even a tomaya. Possibly a bit more closely comparable to have it. Tomar means to have something informally to eat or drink or to take. And if someone happens to be amazing at something, they're often referred to as a machine. Eres una máquina, tío? And if you're not amazing at something, if you are the absolute opposite, then you will be called a packet. Eres un paquete, hombre? And words are often shortened in Spanish. Film, pen, bike, being a few examples. Peli, boli, bici, en vez instead of, película, bolígrafo y bicicleta. Now, to show a level of informality, in Spanish, they'll often use the diminutive, which makes something smaller. So, if they want to sound cheeky or cute, they'll often use the diminutive too. So, they might say something like ito or ita at the end of the word. So, they take off the masculine-feminine ending and then replace it with the appropriate ito, ita, sometimes even "yo", For example, if a cerveza is a small one, then it would become a cervetita, Or if a chicken was just a chick, it would be a pollito instead of a pollo. So sometimes you'll hear illo. In Andalusia, they use quillo as a term of endearment, like tío, quillo. And that's short for chiquillo, meaning little guy. If something's a big deal in Spain, it'll often be described as importante. And that's like impressive or big in its size or extraordinarily good. And again, the same way as ito or ita is added, they end azo for something that's great too, meaning big, meaning huge. So for any of you football Italia fans from the 90s, you'll most likely recall the credits having the sound of golazzo across it. Now, it's the same in Spanish, but instead of lazzo, like in Italian, it's lazzo, golazzo. Meaning a big goal or a great goal. Again, on a night out, you might have a few copas. If you get yours filled half and half with spirit and diet coke or whatever it is you choose to have, you'd call it a copazo, a massive drink. So some other bits that you might find useful. If something's cool, it's why or mola, isn't to be awesome. If something's amazing and you can't believe what you've just seen, you might say flipo from flipar meaning to flip out is maybe a good way of thinking about it if a place is really busy you might say it's petao it's tapetao a few other useful phrases poner los cuernos to put the horns is to cheat on someone estar en las nubes is to be in the clouds literally is to be daydreaming here's another one that matches up with the machina thing that we mentioned earlier un crack eres un crack tío so that means to be really really good at something If you're annoying someone, you're dando la lata. Dar la lata is to bother someone. If you're a bit of a geek about something, eres un friki or una friki. If you're dull as dishwater, eres un soso or una sosa. A nerd, as in somebody really academic and loves studying, which is nothing to be ashamed of, is an empollón. Think Milhouse from The Simpsons. And then there are others that are just... Colloquialisms in terms of the way that they're said. So, if, for example, you want to say something is for somebody, para, they'll just omit the r completely. It'll be para. And like I said, in Andalucia, they swallow the s's. It's just they just go. Another pronunciation one, like in petao, as I mentioned earlier, ado. When it's ado, often you don't hear it. If, for example, someone has arrived, you say han llegado, han llegado, han llegado, han llegado. This is a good one for me and Vitali. Vitali used to crack me up with this one. When people say see you later in Spanish, it should be hasta luego in Madrid. It's closer to talo, talo. And that's it. One take. I've blitzed it. We've blasted through, and I know it's not a long episode today ladies and gents but after the frustration of going through time and again with the editing process with the mic not working with the laptop not connecting properly and whatever other issues i have had we're calling it on this we're going for it we're uploading it we're seeing how it sounds and we're just going to run with it because with any luck you guys have missed me because i've missed putting things out i've missed being able to know that i'm reaching other people i've missed that I'm not in contact with you guys and I miss the messages that I get from friends, from people I don't know, from new listeners that send me messages here and there, and I am grateful to every single one of you. Os doy las gracias. I thank you. Muchas gracias por escucharme de nuevo. Thank you so much for listening to me again. Y como siempre, and like always, la próxima vez, más y mejor. ¡Hasta luego! talo. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Viva Spanish, the podcast. And I am on the beg with this. Can you please do me the gracious favor of sharing, liking, commenting, following, recommending, doing everything that you can to get the word about Viva Spanish out there? It will be doing me a huge, huge favor. I would like this to be big. I would like this to be able to help as many people as it possibly can on their Spanish language journey. And hopefully there is more exciting stuff to come that can mean Viva Spanish helps you further than we already are. Muchísimas gracias a todos.